afternoon and welcome to the Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we talk about everything sales. At Girls Who Sell, we're not only committed to closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but to build the largest pipeline of diverse, early stage career talent. We are not just a company, we are a movement. On today's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to Jason Cutter, founder and CEO of Cutter Consulting Group, author of Selling with Authentic Persuasion, keynote speaker, and a proud member of the Girls Who Sell Advisory Board. Jason, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Heidi. I'm super excited to be here and be a part of anything Girls Who Sell related. Uh, I appreciate Maybe you could tell the audience how you got involved and why you got involved. Um, the how I got involved is uh, out of the blue. I got a message from you to want to <laughs> chat about something, and we hadn't really connected beforehand too much. Uh, we got on a call, and you explained this thing that you were creating and this movement that you wanted to do, uh, and how you were looking for board members, and um, thought with my background and what I did and my book and my podcast that I would make a good male ally. Uh, representing uh, the board. And uh, it was an instant yes for me. I was very honored when uh-huh. you asked. Um, and really, it's the, the the reason why it was an easy yes is it's the culmination of my experiences in sales, both from the fact that I didn't want to be in sales, which we could talk about, and the fact that I avoided sales for a long time <laughs> and even ran away from it many times. And then also when in sales and sales leadership roles and running teams, one of the biggest things I've seen is that usually women are underrepresented in sales. Usually it's just seen as more of a, a, a male, a, a guy's sport, right, of sales. And then B, the women who were in sales, who knew what they were doing, embraced them with their ability, had some confidence, uh, and had some good training, uh, they literally outpaced all the men on the sales floor all day, every day, uh, for many reasons we can get into if you'd like. Um, but in seeing that, it's like anything to support that. Um, usually it's a better sales experience for the customers as well. And so uh, that's why it was a, an easy yes for me. Well, I appreciate you every day. I know you know we couldn't have accomplished what we have already done so far in the you know years since we launched. So I appreciate you, but let's um let's uh, pivot a little bit. And um, so I love the fact that you said you ran away from sales a lot. You know, obviously, um, you didn't think sales was your calling, but here you are, and you own a sales consulting firm. So, um, how did you get here? Yeah, hashtag sales by choice was definitely nothing in my mind. I don't even know if it's still in my mind. I don't even know if I, <laughs> I still think about that way. Um, how did I get here? Well, uh, I got here like most consultants, podcast hosts, authors, sales-related people would. Uh, the, the normal path that most of us take is uh, by getting a bachelor's degree in marine biology and tagging sharks for years. Uh, instead <laughs> of, of dealing course. with people, didn't everybody totally, do that? <laughs> it, yeah, it's what we all, you know, that's uh, that's the, the sales by choice, uh, you know progression path. Right. Uh, but, but seriously, like I, I grew up, uh, shy, awkward, bullied kid, uh, only child. I'm still an only child, two loving parents, very analytical. They're still together today at 46 years. Uh, they've been married, um, but they're both analytical and they both had a dislike for salespeople. And I was 
given that and shown that many times, especially when they were trying to buy cars and saw what that interaction was like, such that growing up, those that combination of my childhood led me to choose sharks over people because that felt safer and more enjoyable and a better career path than dealing with humans. Like literally that's what happened subconsciously in my mind um, is that I chose that. That didn't, I did have fun at that. Didn't work out as a career path. Life took me through many things. And then at the age of 27, I fell into sales in the mortgage business in 2002, which was at that point, height of the housing boom, pure order taking at its finest. Um, and it started me on this path, which I didn't learn until years later, what selling actually involved, what it took to persuade people. Uh, and then that kind of kicked off the last 19 years. Yeah. So let that <laughs> story, I, I guess some people would think you're still dealing with sharks, right. In one way or another, but, um, uh, just a, a little bit different, uh, different path, but <laughs> let me, let me, you know, let's talk a little bit about authenticity and, um, you know, what, and, and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your, your book and the premise behind your book, but, what does it mean to you to be an authentic seller? So that one, and there's a lot of people who have varying things. Since I came out with that book, um, I've talked to so many people who debate authenticity and what it means. And what it For me, there's two parts of it when it comes to being a salesperson. There's authenticity for yourself and knowing who you are what you want in life, what you want out of your sales career, what you would put on your vision board, why you do what you do and why you want to be successful in sales. Like you would want to be successful in any career, right? One of the things that's fun, fundamentally true about sales, it's universal. It's, it's so universal, universal. It's no one can debate it. Sales is tough. And if you're amazing at sales, you're going to fail more times than you're going to succeed in your conversations, right? Amazing mm -hmm. salespeople might close 20, 30%, which means they're missing 70% of the opportunities. And you have to have a why that's going to propel you, something that's authentic for you that you want. And not just, hey, I'm going to go sell to make more money. It's like, but why? Why do you want that? And so that part's really important. Also to understand your strengths, who you are, and what you bring to it. For example, I am by default a very analytical person, the product of two analytical parents. How could I not be? And so what I found early on in my sales career is that I was analytical. I approach the consumer, the potential buyer's problems like a detective solving a problem and then analyzing it and looking through it to find out how I can help or how I can fix it. Some people that doesn't work for their sales style. For me, it does. When people try to tell me, oh, just do this and take them out to happy hour and do that. It's like, that doesn't work for me. That's not me. Like that will be inauthentic and it will suck for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be true to who you are and your strengths and what works and being able to apply that. And then being authentic for why you want to help people. And again, in those conversations, people will detect, especially now, like, People have access to information. What they want is people who are really trying to help them. And they can detect if somebody is just full of BS and not mm -hmm. being real. Now, they still might buy from them, but they won't like it and they won't feel good about it afterwards. They'll probably need a shower afterwards. Uh, they might do it, but what they want is the authentic you, the real you. If you're good at jokes, you're not good at jokes, you tell stories, you don't tell stories, you're quirky, you snort when you laugh, like 
be you and be authentic and be a sales professional, right? That's, that's the whole formula that's needed. Oh my gosh. There's so much good in there that I want to unpack. There's just so much goodness. So yeah, for me, it, it's really interesting because when I, I too fell into sales, what, 30, over 30 years ago to my age of it. Um, and, and it was in the business process outsourcing world, which I would, which I know you're a part of as well. So call centers and, um, you know, it's really evolved to a high value technology sale because of all the enabling technologies today um, that are a part of driving customer experience. But, um, you know, it was it was male dominated then. And, you know, fast forward 30 years and it's it's male dominated now. And and it was I, I went through some really personal things with trying to adapt my approach um, and really get in touch with my authenticity because I was being pushed to sell more like a man, if you will. And I don't want to, you know, stereotype, but, um, but, um, you know, there were things and that were, you know, authentic and innate to me that came naturally to me around relationship building And, um, you know, like you, I was just not the person that was going to be going out on the golf course or at the ball at the bar or the, you know, cigar club or whatever it is, you know, you know, crafting deals. Right. And so what what I made it my mission was to, one, be true to my myself as a woman. Right. And what what was. important to me as a woman in terms of building relationships and crafting solutions and understanding problems and really trying to help coming from that helping space. Um, But, uh, and not giving up my femininity, you know, in the process. And I'll tell you, that wasn't always necessarily well received, right? Like people thought, what is wrong with you? Right? Just, you know, but it didn't work for me. And I agree. I think just, you know, when I was being, I think sales is based on trust. And when I was not being my authentic self, I, I clients saw through it. Yeah. And, and I think here's what's interesting. And this is where people kind of will debate some of the terminology is there's the authenticity of who you are and not acting or pretending to be someone else. Uh, I had somebody who he preferred the word transparent, which is when you meet me and when you talk to me, you will know what you're getting, right? Yes. And and you and I have that. Like when you, I I try to do that all the time. Somebody meets me and gets to know me. They know exactly what they're going to get, whether they like it or not. Like they can choose to like it or not, but they know what they're going to get. Like there's no hidden me. Um, So I think that authentic, transparent, like here's who I am, take it or leave it like from a good place, of course, not just being a jerk. Um, And then I think the other part, which is important because people in sales want to debate this, which is there's you being you. And then there's, well, what if my customer needs this instead? Now that's a different thing when we get into sales, which we won't get into here, but you know, there's me being me in any situation. And then there's me talking to a prospective buyer who maybe needs this from me. And so I'll, I'll adapt and give them more of this or, you know, control the conversation or answer more of their questions and, and kind of go with that. So 
you also, you have to be authentic to who you are at all times. And then also give the customer what they're looking for. That's also true with you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love the idea of transparency, right? Because I do, I do think that they uh, couple well, um, mm-hmm. transparency and, and authenticity. And I get for me, and I think you're the same way. I mean, transparency is just my middle name. I don't know how <laughs> to be anything but that. Right. Yeah. And I've been told I'm an acquired taste, right. Which <laughs> I thought was sort of a compliment. I'm not sure that they met, meant it as a compliment, but I was like, yeah, you know, um, cause I'm going to say it like it is. Right. But I think transparency is really important when you're selling to a customer as well, not only to be authentic to yourself, but, but, you know, you may have to, you may not be able to deliver on what the customer is looking for. Right. And I think you have to be honest and transparent about what you can and cannot um, deliver, because if you don't, it's going to bite you. Right. Or you because you're going to sell something that you can't that you can't deliver on and then it's going to going to fail. And then that trust is just broken forever. Yeah. And that's where for authenticity to work in sales for like what I wrote about in the book about authentic persuasion, which there's a Mm -hmm. whole chapter on this is it's about an abundance mindset, which is there's more than enough people I can help. I don't need to force each person I talk to to buy from me, like being authentic, transparent, and the power of telling people no if it's not a good fit. If you have, if you're a square peg and I'm selling round holes, like this is not going to work. Instead of not work. It, doing the right thing for people and then knowing there's others, but there's also a balance there because you also just can't default to being an order taker who's authentic and nice that people like. Then you're going to be homeless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. You got to strike that that balance. You know, it's interesting that you you know that we talk about this because, as you know, we had we interviewed well over a hundred women in all stages of their careers when we were launching Girls Who Sell, right? And one of the things that you know I heard over and over again um, from um, particularly younger women um, was that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I can be in sales because I don't have the personality for it. Um, you know, one, I'm analytical. Well, clearly that's your, your superpower, Jason, right? Or I'm, you know, I'm shy or I'm an introvert. Um, so talk to me about, you know, it's one thing of, of um, you know, once you get into sales, being authentic, but how do we, um, how do we position sales for those who might not think that they have the personality, the mindset? Um, I'd love to talk mindset, right. Um, to be successful at it. Um, so here's the thing. And, and I mentioned it earlier because it's important Most people don't believe me at how shy and awkward and terribly out of place and left out of most things I was as a kid, right? Like I I just can't even picture it to be knowing you now. And and I've embraced that at first, at first it threw me off. People like, how can you not see that? And I was like, okay, I get it. And I don't think I'm extrovert. I think I'm pretty outgoing. I could take or leave like social situations. Ambivert is a good term. If anyone wants to look it up, most people are not pure extroverts or introverts. Ambivert is more likely. Um, 
But for me, the way I am now versus then, completely different. I can't even imagine. Uh, and I think the biggest thing, and this is what I train a lot of people on and help them understand, is that A, there's no cookie cutter salesperson, right? There is no like you have to be Wolf of Wall Street or boiler room or used car salesman or snake oil salesman or like, and salesman is usually like the man part, which people want to disagree. But like when it comes to the gross stuff, it's the salesman, right? Like there's there, there's no boiler room full of women ripping people off, right? Like that's the <laughs> fundamental thing. And so the challenge is, is that most people see these movies or buy something and experience that and think, oh, to be really successful in sales, I have to be this way. I have to be this type of person. I have to be a storytelling, outgoing, extrovert, schmoozer that's like, you know, uh, confrontational. It's not the case. There's no one size fits all for how to be successful in sales, what it takes, the kind of personality you have to have. I mean, you have this assessment that you've created. And by mm -hmm. going through that, it'll tell you like where your strengths are. And it didn't say, oh, if you didn't score here, you might as well go get a job doing something else. Like, no, it's just like, okay, now that you know, how do you apply that to what you're doing? And so you can do that. The other thing is, is that despite what people think, and I, I, I debate this all the time and I put so much out there about this is there's nobody who's born a natural salesperson, right? That's what people think. People think, oh, you're either born to be in sales or you're not. Now, there are people who are born with some characteristics and personality traits and then nurtured within their family that help with sales, outgoing, fearless, confrontational, like all of those things. However, what's more common is they're born with these traits they identify them early on. And we've met those three and four-year-olds who are literally going to be salespeople later on in life. And then they've given 20, 30 years to working on that. And of course, they seem like they were natural born. Like they seem like they were a master because literally they've put in the 10,000 hours, like Malcolm Gladwell says, by the time you meet them and you go, I could never be like that. But mm -hmm. I'm a testament to the fact that you can be a hot mess in life and then fall into sales with no training and then still put in the 10,000 hours and figure it out. And that's where I think there's some basic traits that you have to have that can apply to anyone and that you can also develop and you can learn and you can grow. And like anybody can be effective in sales. And this is the authentic part is if you're an introvert, analytical person, and you want to help people and you want to sell and you're willing to do the effort in a sales process, customers will appreciate that. I would debate that customers will appreciate that even more because what they're afraid of and what they've dealt with in the past they don't enjoy is the classic, right? We'll just say the classic. When they meet you and you're a little shy or you're introverted or you're quiet or you're not schmoozy and it's not gross and you're analytical and you want to help, that's refreshing. And people go mm -hmm. like, okay, this person really wants to help. This feels much better. I'd like to work with them. And so- there's my super long soapbox answer to how salespeople can be made and not born. Yeah. So, so for you, sales is learned skill. A hundred percent. I mean, you, you bring what you have as your strengths and then there are things that you have to have like openness, curiosity, persistence, creativity, and authenticity. Those are the five sales success traits that I see that you can then develop. Like for me, I was curious but about stuff and sharks and animals, not people. And then I learned to be more curious about people and then how I could help them. But those five traits, like you, you bring whoever you are, 
work on those five traits. And I feel like you can be a very successful sales professional. Yeah. I was just um, having a conversation with somebody the other day and, you know, you know, the ABCs of sales, right. Which is, you know, always be closing. I, I said it was really always be curious because I think curiosity is such a core skill. Um, I was that kid, right? Like I was, I was just that kid that always asked why and, <laughs> and never, you know, accepted anything at face value and just drove every bit, everybody crazy, which <laughs> is, you know, probably my strength as a, as a sales person, but probably also one of my downfalls, <laughs> my personality defects is because I ask so many questions all the time, but it's just because, you know, I'm curious, I'm a lifelong learner and I just, you know, I always want to get, get better and I'm trying to find answers. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Do, is well, that how, when you think of curiosity, is that, um, is that how you define it or you think of it differently? Uh, that's one of the ways. I mean, I it's it, it's funny because that's been a hashtag I've been using, especially on LinkedIn for a long time, is always be curious, uh, that ah. ABC. Um, I think the curiosity is one of the biggest things to do. If you want to be successful in sales, then just be curious as a detective, like where you just want to get to the root of whatever it is. If you want people to feel like you care about them, be curious and ask lots of questions, be quiet and actually listen, active listening. Don't just wait for them to stop talking so you can then say something else. If you do that, like you are light years ahead on your trajectory for selling effectiveness. Again, you still have to be able to close sales and do something with that information. But most people in sales, I feel like they struggle or they fail to actually help people or be successful because they're not curious. They don't care. They're not asking enough questions. They just assume everyone wants to buy from them. They've been brainwashed by the brochure during training that says everyone should want what we're selling. They don't ask enough questions and then they don't actually help people with what they're looking for. And uh, I think that's the big difference. If you're just curious and ask lots of questions, you you generally will outpace most other people who are just forcing features and benefits down everyone's throats. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see a path to creating an effective solution for a client without understanding the problems. And the only way to understand their problems is to ask questions, right? Yep. Huh? Yep. And if you sell something where everyone wins, which is what I say all the time. Like if if I if I'm selling magazines door to door and you have a pulse and I want to sell you a magazine, everyone wins. We're not talking about that. You know, you can ask. You actually, you should still ask questions if you want to be effective at that. Um, but if you sell something where you can help people or not, and then how it helps people will be different, or they have their own goals, then it's all about the questions. That's where most of the time should be spent. And that's where most salespeople fail. They feel like their job is to tell, is to lecture, is to give information, is to dump features and benefits. Instead, your job is to ask questions and listen and then solve. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And how do you differentiate uh, personality traits or these personality traits from mindset? Um, so mindset to me is usually what people see as 
the world and the decisions they've made about the outside world and then also themselves, right? So how they feel about other people and what they do. Personality traits are usually those things that are autopilot. It's the unconscious. It's the things that we do in a situation, uh, how we respond, how we deal with things. What are we looking for? When somebody goes to a party, are they need to be the center of attention? Uh, do they want to talk to people they know, people they don't know? Like if something happens at a party and somebody spill something, you know, do you rush over to help them? Do you point and laugh? Like, do you just ignore it? Like that's kind of people's default mode. That's more on the personality side. And then the mindset is, okay, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about yourself? Uh, and when it comes to sales, that's really important because that mindset, usually from the nurture side, the, how we are raised, the experiences we have will kind of build that foundation of our mindset compounded with who we are as humans and how we've survived for millennium um, and what's in our brain hardwired that sometimes you're fighting against as well. Yeah, that's a great answer. I, I agree with that. You know, I, as you were talking, I was thinking uh, around, you know, not, you know, you can't put people into boxes, right? Where we are complex human beings with a, a lot of different um, innate skills and, mm -hmm. and traits. So I want to move to, you know, as a leader, as a sales leader, and I know that you consult with a lot of organizations, right? And sales leadership organizations. What are the tools that you would give to a leader um, who is trying to manage and motivate a team of sales executives that have such a wide variety of personality skills and traits? I'm laughing because I, I literally love the question and the way you asked that. Um, and, and here's the answer. And it's going to sound so simple and so easy and so ridiculous, like, is that all? And yes, the answer is that that is all. In the stuff that we just talked about for salespeople to their potential customers, building rapport, asking questions, listening, solving problems, like it, 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 to be effective in sales, to be really effective in sales, it's not about treating everyone the same. It's about treating that person as an individual and then helping them as their guide across the finish line towards their goals. What's fascinating is that to be an effective leader, it's to literally do the same things that you would do in those sales conversations. In my opinion, in my experience, and what I train people to do is to do those same things. It's about understanding your team, each individual, what they want, what their goals are, what their challenges are, what their hopes, their dreams, their fears, what it is that they have on their vision board, if they don't have one, what they want to put on their vision board. And then it's about leading them towards their goals and through their challenges. What's fascinating, and I also wrote about this in my book, is I have a chapter on there where being a sales professional is actually about being a leader of the prospect. You're leading the prospect through this process and you're the one that's their guide. And when it's done right as a salesperson, as a leader, 
of the prospect, you're pulling them across the finish line instead of pushing. Most salespeople want to push people across, right? With the gross sales tactics. Hey, if they're, you know, what do I have to do to get you to buy by the end of the month so I can make my quota? Like that gross Mm -hmm. stuff is so gross. I can't stand it. I can't stand the end of week, end of month, end of quarter. Just that, like, just what will it take for you to drive off the lot today in this new car? Like that's what people dislike, but that's what you do. And that's pushing a good, a good salesperson is pulling the person across a good sales leader, whether you're a team lead, a manager, a supervisor, a director, it doesn't matter. You're pulling your salespeople across. You shouldn't have to push them to perform. And so really it's about I don't care if you have 40 people on your team that you are directly managing, you need to know each one of those people, what their hopes and dreams and fears and challenges, their personalities, their mindset, what's on their vision board, what's their goal and how to hold them accountable to that. You have to know all of those and then do that every day and treat each person different. And here's where I see most leaders fail is they think through their lens, that everyone is just like them. When they were a salesperson, they were motivated by money. They came in early, they stayed late. All they wanted was cash, just throw cash out there. And then I'm going to work harder. Then you become a sales leader and go, everyone's going to want cash because that's what I did. Everyone wants is going to want happy hours because that's what I liked. And it works for 20, 25% of the people. The other 75%, you're not going anywhere with that. Yeah. Yeah, that that is great. That is such great advice. Thank you for that. I, that's just an amazing perspective. And I I, I see a, another book coming. It's a you know, forget <laughs> one size fits all sales leadership, right? It's just not going to work. No, it, it doesn't. And that's where again, and this is the 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 trap I see a lot of people coming into which is maybe some of the people watching or listening to this have experienced it, especially if you're in charge of an organization or if you're on that path where most companies say, hey, you're good in sales. I'm going to make you a manager, right? right. And then I'm going to make you a manager of salespeople. You know how to sell. Do what you do best to get them to sell. You already know how to sell 10 widgets a month, whatever it is, go help them do it. Not with any training, not with any guidance, not with any coaching or mentoring or actual skill development as a leader. Just go do what you did for yourself for everyone else. The challenge is sometimes that salesperson was good by just selling and not necessarily doing all those steps. Now they're in a leadership role and they're just just pushing everybody the same way they did. Yeah, it's not it's not transferable skill necessarily. Um, Definitely not. It's two different things. You can use parts of it, but then you have to realize like everybody is different. Everybody's different. Talk to me about vision boarding. Yep. I'm a big one on that. It sounds funny. People think at first they just start laughing. Uh, And I actually have an ebook uh, that we can talk about at the end that I am happy to send to anybody who's listening or watching this about motivating your sales team. Um, But what I found early on, again, going to this, the fact that sales is tough, right? If you're amazing, you're still missing more shots than you're hitting, right? If you're struggling in sales, then forget about it. Like you're just getting obliterated every day mentally. Like it's a tough game. It's so tough. If you're a professional baseball player and you hit 30% of the time, 33% of the time, that means you're missing the ball two thirds, hitting it one third. You're literally in the hall of fame. You're making millions of dollars. You're a pro and you're still failing two thirds of the time, right? A couple of months ago, I heard a hall of fame baseball player and coach 
who's won a world series. He was talking about that exact same thing with baseball. He said, it's the hardest thing is to deal with the fact that you're losing more times than you're winning and you're still amazing. Like that's the hardest thing. Um, (laughs) and so one of the things to get through that, one of the things that when you are having a tough day and you've called 10 people and they've said, no, how do you pick up the phone to make that 11th call or that 51st call or that 180th call that day is to remember why you are doing what you're doing. And it's not just about money. Sometimes it's about money, but I promise there's something under the money, right? There's something that the money means to you or it will get you. And so the vision board is that visual reminder, right? Anyone who's seen the movie, The Secret knows mm-hmm. it. It seems hokey. It seems silly. It seems like, you know, this is some, some kind of visualization thing, but it's a hundred percent true. You get images and I won't go into full details. People can, you know, email me after for, for the ebook I wrote on this, but literally creating this visual reminder of what you want and why you're doing it and why you want to pick yourself up every single day and keep going after it and, and wanting to win, having that up so you can look at it and go, okay, that's why I'm doing this. And I know I'm on the right path. And it's, it's such a difference such that in organizations I've been at, and now ones that I consult with literally make it a required exercise during training, new hire training. One of the segments of new hire training is literally everyone brings some pictures or email them and we'll print them out. Here's a cork board. You're going to actually make a vision board that you're going to hang at your cubicle because starting day one, we want you to be in touch with this. And then we want to support you as leaders of like, hey, you said that was important to you. How can I support you? How can I help you? keep going. Yeah, because if you make it all about money, and we talked earlier about customers smelling in, you know, in authenticity, it's the same thing. <laughs> you know, they yeah. will see that coming from miles away. So yeah, well, and I think I, the big thing you know, for this audience too, and the girls who sell kind of that movement and that, that barrier between, you know, let's say just if we want to draw the line, the stereotypical line of men in sales and women in sales, you know, and you, you can't because men are all different. Women are all different, but usually it's like you go into sales just so you can make money. And people go, well, I don't really care about making a lot of money, or I don't care about making money. What I care about is taking care of my family and people disconnect the two and go, wait a second, that is a good reason to be successful in sales. That is important, right? Uh, It's not just about having this car or that. It's like, okay, what do I want? And then the vision board and that activity helps people separate the I just want to go into sales, make lots of money to, I want to go in sales so I can make lots of money so I can do these things or buy this or have this house or go on vacation or have this freedom or take care of my, my family or my parent. I had one salesperson, we worked on a vision board for her. Her goal was to have a set amount of money in the bank. And I was like, okay, but why do you want that money? She's like, well, I came from a I, I came from another country and my parents had no money. They still have no money. And I want to be able to take care of them. If anyone has an emergency, I want to instantly be able to pay for anything that anyone needs. That's and so on her vision board reason. was a pile of money, but that pile of money represented something different. And she mm-hmm. was the number one salesperson. She was there early. She stayed late. She tried hard. She had great relationships with clients and that's what drove her. And it wasn't just the money. It was what that represented to her. And then we never had to have a meeting. Hey, why aren't you working hard today? That was never an issue. Hmm. That's a great story. 
That's a really great story. Well, I can sit and talk to you all day long and you know that because we have done that before. Um, but thank you so much for, for participating. Let's just end up with a couple of things. Um, you've get you've given like so many amazing nuggets of wisdom, but if there were you know one thing or if you wanted to wrap it up and tie it up in a pretty bow, what what would that be for our listeners? You know, I think the biggest thing is that why conversation, I guess there's two things. One is that why conversation, like we just talked about is fully understanding why you want to be successful and why you're doing what you're doing and why it's important to you. And then to help people in sales, especially shift from order takers to becoming sales professionals and, and embracing that their duty as a salesperson is also understanding why you want to help the people that you sell to and what it means to them if they buy from you versus if they don't. Like what's in it for them? How could it help them and change their life? And it's funny because people might say, well, what I sell doesn't change people's lives. I promise it does at some level. And the more you understand that, the more you see your role as sales is something you're doing for them and with your potential customers, not to them. And when you make that shift, everything else just falls into place when you're selling. Yeah, you know, and I just, I had such an aha moment because I've said that. I've been guilty of saying that before, right? What what I do isn't going to change the world, right? BPO sales, it's not brain surgery, right? Um, But then I really thought about it. And I thought when when I am able to work with a client and solve their business challenges and help them move the needle in their business. And they, for doing that, award me business that I then implement in all different parts of the world. And the companies that I sell for hire thousands. Literally, when I sat back and thought about it, um, you know, I have, because of the business I sold, have been able to provide thousands of people across the globe jobs. So anytime I think about what I'm doing doesn't matter, um, I think about that. And then the the downstream effect of, you know, they have work and then what does that mean to their families um, that, you know, that they're they're supporting and all of that. So thank you for bringing that up. It's it's emotional topic to me, for me. Um, and, um, but I do, I think thinking about your why is so incredibly important. So how can, how can people who are listening, get a hold of you, buy your book, get the, get the ebook on vision boarding, tell us. So, um, Anybody listening or watching, email me, jason at cutterconsultinggroup.com. So I have my ebook, Motivating Your Sales Team. So for leaders who are working with their teams and they want to help them, most of the activity is centered around the vision board, but there's a lot of questions and activities in there. That is available online, but if you email me, I'll send it to you, the PDF for free. Uh, Also, if you're in sales and you want more information about vision boarding, I have uh, a workbook for that to help you kind of go through it. I mean, it's getting images, but it's how to go through that process. Again, email me, jason at cutterconsultinggroup.com. I just mentioned that you heard here on the show, and I'm happy to email you those 
guides and the eBooks that I have. Uh, and then for anything else, go to jasoncutter.com. Uh, I've made that as my hub for everything I have going on from the Selling with Authentic Persuasion book to the podcast, to the workshops I do. I'm, I'm doing free weekly trainings on authentic persuasion. So if you go to jasoncutter.com, you can find how to register for that and all the, all the different things I always have going on to help salespeople and teams. That's that's amazing. You're such a slacker, Jason. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. <laughs> nothing going on. N- nothing at all. Well, thank you so much um, for joining us today and for um, all of your support of Girls Who Sell and for being an incredible ally for women in sales. It's it's much appreciated. I wish I could just take you and clone you, you know, thousands <laughs> of time times over. So. Um, so thank you. And, and for our listeners, um, if you want to learn more about Girls Who Sell, you can uh, go to our website as well at www.girlswhosell.com. And um, you can learn a bit about our training programs that we're going to be launching. We're, we're actually uh, launching our first cohort in September of this year, hashtag Explore Sales. And, um, or you can reach me at any point at Heidi at girlswhosell.com. So Jason, again, thank you so much for joining us and uh, have a great day. Thank you for having me.